Hello and welcome to the Warp Podcast. My name's David Tiltman and in this episode we're going to be asking rather an important question. How often is creativity effective? The reason we're asking this particular question is that we recently released a piece of research as part of our Walk Creative Pillar, uh, and the report was called The Health of Creativity, and we'll find out a little bit more about how it's put together uh, in a few moments. But uh, this is a topic we've been looking at a lot at Walk in the last few months. We recently uh, had our Creative Impact New York event, which very much looked at this, this topic as well. And one of the reasons we're so interested in it is because uh, as an industry, uh, the marketing services industry, a large part of it is set up to deliver creativity uh, that meets commercial problems. So this whole question of not only is creativity effective, but how is it effective? Why is it effective? When is it effective? Um, is super interesting to us. So this is a three in 15 podcast. And what we're going to be doing is giving you three big themes from this new piece of research and to select those three themes and share more about the report is Amy Rogers, head of content for Walk Creative. Um, now, Amy, just give us a little bit of a background to the study before we get into the sort of nuts and bolts of the findings. So how did this come about? Yeah, sure. Hi, David. So um, we actually first released this research in 2021. So if you're a Walk super fan, you might recognize the title. Um, but this latest release is a bigger and better version. Um, we've got more data. So we've gone a bit deeper this time around. Um, so what is the health of creativity? Well, what we do um, within Walk Creative is to link creativity to effectiveness through research and evidence and examples. And, and like David said in the intro, the question we're trying to answer with this study um, is how often are creatively awarded ideas also awarded for effectiveness? And that's an important point here. So we're talking about awarded work and we're tracking that through our Walk Rankings product, right? Yeah, exactly. So we're talking about awarded creativity and awarded effectiveness here because um, we've got lots of that awards data. So um, each year we produce the Walk Rankings, which collect together the results of award shows that celebrate creativity and effectiveness. Um, and we have that data going back to 2015. So for this study, we looked at all the creative ideas awarded for creativity between 2015 and 2022. And we looked to see if each one had also been awarded for effectiveness over that time period using that rankings data. Let's just flesh that out a little bit for, for those who those few people who aren't Walk superfans. Um, we have this massive sort of database that we're tracking of creative award winners, which becomes the basis for what we call the Walk Creative 100, which is one of our rankings. And we have this massive database of effectiveness award winners, uh, which is the basis for what we call the Walk Effective 100, another one of our rankings products. And what we're looking at here is how often the stuff that's awarded in that first bucket is also awarded in that second bucket, right? That's kind yeah. of the, the idea, yeah. yeah. That, that's exactly it. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of points to note um, in that kind of methodology. I, we're purposefully talking about ideas here rather than campaigns. Um, and that's because 
Whereas creative shows will award the kind of separate parts of the campaign, the print ad, for example, or the TV spot, um, effectiveness awards tend to look at the bigger picture so that they can group together multiple campaigns that, that kind of live under the same creative platform to show their cumulative impact. So what we did for this um, study is that we grouped together campaigns into what we call creative ideas. So, you know, John Lewis Christmas, for example, or, or Snickers, you're not you when you're hungry. We, we group them together into these ideas. And, and by doing that, we could track them across the two types of award shows. And the second point to note here is that we also excluded government and non-profit ideas from the study. Um, that's because the volume of ideas in that sector is, is significantly higher than in other sectors. And, and the ideas, um, though they're quite highly awarded in creative shows, they're less likely to be entered into effectiveness award shows. So, so their volume would kind of skew the results. So we've excluded them. So there's two kind of methodology points to note before we crack on with findings. And I think the other thing that's really important to note is that our rankings products really look at the best award shows in their categories. So, so we're looking at creative award winners at the, the sort of premium shows. It's not every single creative show in the world. And similarly, we're looking at effectiveness winners in premium effectiveness shows. Yeah, exactly. How many ideas does that sort of give us overall? What's the sort of universe we're talking about here? So over that time period, so awarded between 2016 and 2022, we had just over 4,000 creative ideas in the database. So more campaigns than that, more individual award wins than that, but that equated to just over 4,000 creative ideas. So, so it's, a, it's, it's deep data, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good number. All right. So that's the study. That's the, that's the data that we're playing with. What's our first finding? What's, what's our number one theme that you want to pull from the report? Yeah, so it, it should probably be that headline finding. Um, and that was that 20% of all creatively awarded ideas are also awarded for effectiveness. So the answer to that question we were trying to answer, 20%. Is it a good number or not? We, we'll discuss, but but that's the headline. <laughs> so let, Well, let's get into that. Let's actually ask that question. You know, 20% of uh, creatively awarded ideas in our database go on to win effectiveness awards. Is that a big number? Well, I guess you've got to put it into context of all of the advertising in the world. So if you imagine every every single piece of advertising that's put out there, your chances of winning a creative award for your piece of advertising uh, is tiny. Um, and your chances of winning an effectiveness award is also tiny. You know, even though there are a lot of award shows out there, and there are a lot, and there are a lot of categories, that proportion is still is still very small. So it and so it's very difficult to do to win either type of award, and it's even more difficult to do both with the same campaign. Um, but obviously, the finding of this report is that if your campaign is creative, you're more likely to win that effectiveness award. And um, we should probably talk about that increase in effectiveness as you become more creatively awarded because that was kind of one of the secondary findings of the report yeah let's come on to that in a moment but i just want to land that point because i guess 20 percent 20 percent doesn't sound like a big number because there's obviously 80 percent of creative award winners that are then that they're not winning effectiveness awards for whatever reason like they're either uh not entered or they're not effective but the that first point is really important it's like the conversion rate of all advertising in, is minuscule it's nowhere yeah. near 20%. It's 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 way, way, way lower than 1%. So high, awarded creative uh, campaigns are much, 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 much more likely to win effectiveness awards than the quote-unquote average 
uh, campaign. That's the first point to land, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think there's also an, an important point to make on, on something you just said about, you know, 80% either aren't entered or aren't effective. I think that proportion of them that, that aren't entered is probably very high as well, because there's there's quite a lot of factors, you know, that limit a brand or an agency's ability to enter an effectiveness award. Things like the amount of resource that it's required to, to pull together the depth of analysis and results needed for an effectiveness entry. You know, you've got things like econometrics and, and the manpower and skill to actually write uh, an effectiveness paper. And you've also got the shift towards kind of performance marketing, which has become a bit siloed from creativity. So you're left with a the kind of gap between creativity and then the measured performance results in awards papers. There's, yeah, there's a few different things going on that are kind of limiting that conversion rate as well as not being effective, you know? And is, is sort of like this brand size a factor? I mean, bigger brands tend to have more opportunity and more resources to produce the data that then leads into, into effectiveness awards, right? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, I think there's a counter to that as well, that some of the big brands are kind of reluctant to draw attention to how successful they've been at getting people to spend money. You know, they don't want to shout about how much money they've made. So while they might actually enter a creativity award, they they might not then enter an effectiveness award. So yeah, there's two sides to that coin. Yeah, good point. Good point. But uh, look, I think 20% is an interesting, is an interesting number. It's, it's sort of um, because I think what it does is it forces us as an industry to think, well, are we using creativity in the most effective possible ways? That's what's really interesting about the research. We can say that 20% is a big number. Sure, we that's, that, that is true. The other big number in there is 80%. So how do we start closing that gap? And is it just about, uh, you know, more things being entered into effectiveness awards? Or is there more stuff we need to do to work out how exactly to harness creativity to a to, to a business objective. Um, now, before we leave this theme, there is another point, isn't there, which is that there's a second figure in this report which is higher than 20%. Do you want to explain what that is? Yeah, sure. So, so to that point, you know, we found that 20% are also awarded for effectiveness. But when we look at um, the most creative of those campaigns, so we, we, we term them the highly creative ideas um, in the report. And those are the ideas that have been ranked in our top 100 most creative ideas in one of the years um, that we looked at. And to do that, to, to be ranked, you have to have won multiple awards and done so at the at the, the most prestigious, the, 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 the very shows. pinnacle. Yeah, the top shows. Exactly. Yeah. So they're the most awarded campaigns of the year, highly awarded at, at, the, at the most prestigious shows out there. So, you know, they're, they're the best of the best, if you like, every year. Um, and we term them the highly awarded, uh, highly awarded ideas. So when we isolate those highly creative ideas from the overall group. Um, we found that that 20% conversion rate figure jumped to 42%. So it, so it more than doubled when you when you look at the, the most awarded campaigns, the most creative ones out there. Um, so 42% of those are also awarded for effectiveness. So the most creative campaigns have a higher conversion rate. It's a much bigger number, much more satisfying number. It is, ni nicer number for sure. Okay, Amy. So what is the second big theme from the report you want to highlight? Well, we were talking earlier about the highly awarded ideas. So those that have been ranked in our walk rankings. Um, and we wanted to look at the characteristics of the ideas that were highly awarded for both creativity and effectiveness. 
And actually, out of those 4,000 campaigns or ideas that I talked about at the start, there are only 120 that have been highly awarded for both creativity and effectiveness. So ranked in both of those two rankings. So that is ranked in the creative 100 and ranked in the effective 100. So this is sort of, from a creativity point of view, this is the pinnacle. This is the best of the best. Yeah, absolutely. It's, the, it's, it's stuff that has absolutely wowed creative awards judges and then absolutely blown the doors off in terms of effectiveness. Exactly. Yeah. Like you say, the best of the best. Um, if you go to the report, you can see a full list of them in the appendix. If you're keen to see that that kind of, you know, top echelons of, of creative effectiveness, um, they're all in there. Um, but yeah, like I said, we wanted to look at, at what do those ideas look like? What what, what makes up the best of the best? Um, so um, through the tagging data that we have of our case studies, um, we looked at things like lead media, the creative strategies, the the hard metrics, the soft metrics that, that these ideas measure. Um, of those 120, like I said, um, and we, we compare that group of, of uh, campaigns to the walk case study average. So so we've got kind of, you know, walk case studies are still good. You know, they're all award um, entries or, or winners. Um, so but we have that group and then we're comparing them to, to kind of best of the best group. OK, so give me a couple of headlines. What, what did we find? Firstly, TV still plays a key role in creative effectiveness. Um, 33% of that best of the best group had TV or connected TV as the lead media of the campaign. And that's compared to about 18% of all cases on walk. So significantly over-indexing the kind of average. And I think the, the connected TV bit there is important that's allowed tv to to keep pace to some extent with the 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 reach and the options provided by by digital media um and also its ability to carry emotional storytelling effectively is i think the other reason we're seeing it be so dominant in this group of campaigns and when we actually looked at creative strategy emotion is by far the the lead kind of creative strategy used by this best of the best group as well so that's interesting. I guess the data set goes back to 2015. So, so we're we're looking at award shows over a reasonably long run. Uh, so, the, the some of the challenges within things like linear TV over the past two to three years, if they start feeding into the case study set, this best of the best case study set, we'll see that impact over over coming waves of this research. But looking backwards, we can still see the the, the huge importance of well, I mean, it's audiovisual content, but classically delivered through a through a TV screen. Yeah, definitely. And and to be honest, the the second and third um, lead media were kind of you know online video and and social. So they're still you know as you say, audiovisual mediums are are still dominating there. The second kind of headline from that that analysis that we did that I wanted to highlight is is the measurement of PR value as a soft metric. So the walk case study average for this for a kind of measurement of PR value um, is twenty nine percent, but in our group of one hundred and twenty highly awarded ideas, seventy one percent mentioned PR value, and and I think this shows the connection that these kind of highly successful ideas have with consumers. So they make people want to talk about them and share them with other people. Um, and I, th- I think the point is that creativity generates buzz and earned media really reflects that. And though it's, I think it's an often, it's a kind of dismissed effectiveness metric. It really can have value in driving sales and driving fame and engagement. Yes, yeah, a funny one, isn't it? It's a bit of a double-edged sword because we did see at one point a lot of campaigns aiming for buzz but they're not actually being a sort of 
like then feed through into harder metrics like uh you know sales revenue profit those sorts of things and we have seen other types of research that have found types of very effective campaign that do not require sort of uh buzz metrics in order to be very effective this was a sort of feature of our promise to the customer research with linkedin last year so I think what's interesting about this is it's not that these campaigns are um, the only way to be effective, but very high levels of creativity does seem to associate with very high um, application of PR value while still being able to deliver on the commercial. So it's quite an interesting, I think, you know, we've got to understand how that sort of, um, how that sort of process works, but it does bring us back to the kind of Binet and Field uh, advice to aim for fame. Yeah, definitely. And, and just to be clear on the hard, that was, that's kind of on, on the soft metric side, on the hard metric side, those case studies are still very much um, measuring sales and revenue and ROI, you know, that they're the, they're the, the top hard metrics that are being measured for them. So it's, it's the overlap between the two, like you're saying, it's not just one um, or, or the other in that, in that best of the best group. And presumably those hard metrics, we're, we're seeing them over index as well versus the case study average. Yeah, Is that, yeah, 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 definitely. Not to such a great extent as for the PR value, but they're still over indexing, yes. Just on that sort of idea of overperformance, I think one thing that's really important to land is that we looked at campaign size or campaign weight in this um, in this study because obviously it's a well-known effectiveness principle that big brands tend to drive bigger effects from their marketing than smaller brands. It's just a part of the double jeopardy law. Um, so we did test with this, didn't we, that we weren't comparing a small group of very big uh, campaigns and very big brands versus lots and lots of campaigns of smaller brands. So we we did do that work, didn't we? Yeah, so we use creative commitment to look at that. So that's our kind of metric of um, using budget, duration, and the number of channels used to look at whether brands with or campaigns with a really high um, creative commitment drove, you know, a higher commercial impact versus those with lower. And actually, we found that across the board of creative commitment levels, so between three and fifty score between three and fifteen, at all of those levels, um, our group of kind of best of the best ideas drove a higher commercial impact so there was a gap between that and the average at all levels of creative commitment yeah so we basically used that as a proxy for size to sort of say doesn't matter what size campaign you are these highly creative uh shows with highly effective outcomes are overperforming versus the average yeah exactly that So, Amy, what's the third finding from the report you want to highlight? So, uh, final thing is something uh, interesting that we found when we broke the conversion rate down to the brand level. So, in the report, we we kind of break that 20% um, overall conversion rate out at a category level, um, at an agency network level, and for a handful of brands where we've got a high enough volume of data. So despite having 4,000, you know, a universe of 4,000 ideas, when you break that out at the campaign level, it's not that many. So for a handful of brands, we could do the analysis at, at that level for. Now, just just on that conversion rate. So the overall conversion rate is 20%. So that's across that whole group of 4,000. But what we were able to do is say, well, within a particular category, the average conversion rate is 10% or 30% or, or whatever. 
and we can, as you say, take that down to certain companies, whether it's an agency network or a, or a brand where we've got enough data. So exactly. we can actually start comparing, um, you know, brands in terms of the performance of their creativity uh, relative to other brands in their category or, or the category average. Yeah, exa- exactly that. And for some brands where we've got enough data, we can also do that break that out over time so we can see how their conversion rate is performing over time um and and we did that for one brand and it's the one i wanted to highlight so that's mcdonald's so mcdonald's are consistently at the top of our effective 100 ranking uh it's ranked number one every year since 2020 i think and i think it was number two the year before that so you know always at the top they know how to spend their money basically yeah, they, know, yeah, exactly. they know what they do a really effective brand and and i think in the study, we found that McDonald's has the highest volume of ideas uh, awarded for effectiveness of any brand. Yeah, so it's it's got a large volume of things to look at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was something like 203 ideas over the years that we looked at in our rankings database. Um, so, you know, that's combined combined campaigns together, 203 ideas awarded for effectiveness. So that's a high volume. But that overlap with its creatively awarded ideas is fairly low. Um, it's 16%. So if you take that 20% is the overall figure across all categories, across all, all companies. Um, McDonald's conversion rate is 16%. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because what we're saying is like, there's no doubt that McDonald's marketing is extremely effective over time, but the contribution of creativity to those outcomes is lower than than the average. Yeah, exactly. And, and and that that looked like the the kind of overall picture, but we wanted to look at it a bit deeper and like I said earlier and break that out over time so we could see um you know if there'd been any change in recent years in that conversion rate because we know that McDonald's has been undergoing a creative transformation over the past few years. Um so we wanted to see if that was having an impact on that conversion rate. Um and what we found was that if you look at um its conversion rate in 2017 it was down at 11%, but in 2022 it increased to 27%. So a significant jump over those 5 years. And that's exactly the period in which in which this transformation has has taken place. Yeah. So so they've they hired Wyden Kennedy. They've been on this sort of in New York. They've been on this mission first in the U.S. and then in other parts of the world to really uh, upgrade their creative output and drive and drive greater commercial results from it. So it's quite nice that that's coming through in the data, isn't it? That that, yeah, that, that they've gone from sort of underperforming to overperforming uh, against the average. Yeah, it, it's great to see that in the data, and and it does, like we say, it just reflects that that program that McDonald's ha, have been on. Um, we've got a clip here from um, Morgan Flatley, who's CMO of, of McDonald's, um, who was talking recently in an event we we held in New York about that creative transformation journey um, that they've been on. So yeah, here's a clip from from Morgan now. A couple of things that I think have been written about and are really important to any um, business that is starting to put marketing and creativity at the heart of it. The first was getting to common language. So how did we ensure there was a common language across the organization for how we talked about creativity, how we actually measured and evaluated creativity? The second piece, very important to the CFO, was around common tools and measurements. So how are we looking at creativity's impact actually on the business in terms of top line and bottom line? And how are we looking at that across all of our markets, we operate in over 115 markets around the world in a more consistent and coherent way. 
The other piece was training and capability building, which actually we've had many of um, partners in the room help us and support us on that. But how do we then start to train the entire organization around those tools and that framework and that language? And then the last part that was super important and will be a theme throughout this conversation was we had a seat at the table in leadership discussions. And so the CEO, Chris Kamjinski, believed that marketing could help drive our business. And so therefore, he put marketing on the agenda and great creativity on the agenda to ensure not just the marketers, but the business leaders around the table understood what it meant to actually drive great creativity. So every meeting that we had with business leaders from around the world, I would roll out and talk about great creativity. I would talk about measurement. I would talk about buying great work. I would shine a spotlight on great work around the world. So it was continued to put on the lead, be put on the leadership agenda. So, so there's a bigger lesson here for, for, for brands overall from this research. And um, it, it really suggests that, that you need to look at two things. You need to look at your absolute effectiveness performance, and then you need to look at the contribution of, of creativity towards that effectiveness performance. I, I, exactly. And I think you've just played Morgan Flatley from Creative Impact New York. We also had a really interesting session uh, from Adam Morgan on uh, the cost of being dull research that for people who haven't went at the event or haven't listened to the podcast is looking at creative effectiveness a slightly different lens it's trying to ask what the cost of being being dull or producing uninteresting advertising is we know creativity supercharges effectiveness but can we flip the narrative there and say well if you're not creative there is an actual cost to that and i think what's interesting about this and what what you've just said it absolutely nails that is it is perfectly possible to be effective without being particularly creative. Um, and we might, as an industry, not like that, but it is perfectly possible. But it's expensive. It costs you more um, because we also know that um, applying creativity in the right ways, uh, the right times, can make your money go much, much, much further. So the point you've just made is absolutely bang on in that, yes, it's really important to look at the sort of overall uh, effectiveness performance and how, obviously through awards, but through other things as well, you, you know, your core sort of KPIs. But then understanding creativity's contribution to that and whether that could be upweighted, upgraded, so you get much more bang for your bang for your buck, make you even more effective, uh, or be just as effective on on uh, lower budgets as as many people are, are asking themselves at the moment. So, yeah, I, th I think that's a really interesting point that just nice, like neatly ties together a few things that are out there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a creativity is a more efficient way to get results, I guess, is, is, a, is a summary of it. But um, we should probably guide people towards where they can download this report. So if you are a Walk Creative subscriber, you can, you can head to the Walk site, um, search Health of Creativity and download the, the full report there. Um, if you're not a Walk Creative subscriber, we still give uh, you quite a lot of the juicy stats and, and results from this um, research in an infographic. So again, search for Health of Creativity and you'll be able to view the full infographic on the site thank you amy well look that's all we've got time for today uh so if you like what you've heard then please do subscribe to the walk podcast on your podcasting platform of choice and if you really like what you heard then please do leave us a review until next time thanks for listening mm -hmm.